Give him one more ovation today. Come on, one more great ovation of praise. Mighty God, mighty deliverer, King of Kings. Joshua chapter 4, verse 19. Then we're going to go to Joshua chapter 5. We're going to be, read verses 1 and 2 and then drop down to verse 10. Then we're going to 1 Samuel chapter 11 and we'll read verse 14. Let's read together. Joshua 4, 19. The people crossed the Jordan. Come on, read it with me. The people crossed the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, the month that marked their exodus from Egypt. They camped at Gilgal, east of Jericho. Joshua 5.1, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings who lived along the Mediterranean coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan River so the people of Israel could cross, they lost heart and were paralyzed with fear. At that time, the Lord told Joshua, Use knives of flint to make the Israelites a circumcised people again. Verse 10. While the Israelites were camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they celebrated Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the first month, the month that marked their exodus from Egypt. Verse Samuel 11. Then Samuel said to the people, Come. Let us all go to Gilgal to renew the kingdom. Come on, we thank you, Father, for your word today. Your word is life unto those who find it, who find it, who treasure it, treasuring it in their hearts. We are ready for the Holy Spirit to unveil the truth to us. We're ready for the Holy Spirit to change us. We're ready for that divine impartation, and we give you praise we give you thanks today in Jesus' name. Come on, one more hand clap to the King, to the King, to the King, Jesus. Take your seats. Take your seats. Thank you, guys. Creative Arts, Choir, Band, wow, they are the best. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We're so grateful for all the work, labor of love that you put into this. We could never repay you. To God be the glory. Mm -mm. You ready for the word? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Speed. Everybody say speed. Speed. Speed is one of the unquestioned values that pervades much of our day-to-day -day life. The more quickly a thing can be done, the better, right? Come on, speed. It pervades our, so much of our day-to-day -day life. The more quickly something can be accomplished, the better. The amazing Capabilities of modern technology continue to develop at such blazing speeds in that which used to take long periods of time is now accomplished in a matter of seconds. You work and you work hour after hour to buy that 
latest device because you want the speed. No sooner have you bought it. A week later, while you're still learning how to work it, you're still trying to figure it out. A week later, the same company puts out a device that's double the speed of what you're holding in your hand. You can't keep up. Trying to keep up can leave us breathless. Now, considering this, let's put ourselves in Israel's shoes for just a moment. We read in Joshua chapter 4 and verse 19 that the people crossed the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. The Israelites are now across the Jordan. Put yourself in their shoes. Everyone is rejoicing. Everyone in the nation, they're rejoicing because of God's miraculous intervention. They saw God part the Jordan River, dry it up. They walked across the Jordan on dry ground. And they're excited. They're fired up. Not only that, Jericho. Jericho is just a few miles away. And wouldn't you agree that all of our modern instincts would push us to move on as quickly as possible? Come on, connect with me. Think about it. Just think about it for a moment. God's people, the Israelites, they're so enthusiastic. They're so motivated. They've spent over 400 years in Egypt in bitter bondage. They've been carrying this promise from God that God has a land for them, a land flowing with milk and honey, as we'll see in a moment. They're excited. They've seen God perform a miracle to get them to this point. Not only that, but this city of Jericho, this city that's just a few miles away, all the citizens of Jericho are panic-stricken and they're demoralized. And not only that, Genesis, Joshua 5 says the kings of the Amorites and the Canaanites, 31 of them, they have lost heart and they're paralyzed with fear. They have never encountered a God like Yahweh. They have never encountered a God that will dry up a river in flood stage. And then once his people are across, cause that river to flow again. They're facing the reality. These Canaanitish and Amoritish kings, they're facing the reality of having no power against such a God who could blow them aside in a moment and reduce their fortresses to rubble. Doesn't all of these point to an easy conquest of the promised land? Wouldn't this be, come on, put yourself in Israel's shoes. Wouldn't this be the ideal time to make a sudden strike? Come on, let's go to battle. Let's get this done. But surprisingly, in Joshua chapter 5, God slows the action down. God slows the action down. No sooner do they arrive at Gilgal that God activates the pause button. Verse 
all proceedings are halted. You know, Isaiah 55 says God's ways are not our ways. And the big question, no doubt, in the minds of the people is why? Why stop now? The quicker we can get this done, the better. There's houses to be taken. There's lands to be taken. There's farms to be taken. Let's do it. Why stop now? Here's why. Overthrowing kings, reducing walls and fortresses to rubble. This is not God's primary concern. And this is not God's primary priority at this point in time in Gilgal. As bad as Israel wants this, God wants something else. There are more important things that God must deal with first. And church, his timing is always perfect. Come on, let's rejoice in that today. Let's, let's receive that by faith today. His timing is always perfect. It's, it's not necessarily my timing. I don't necessarily understand this. I've waited for this so long, and everything is just slowed down. Nothing's happening. Oh, yes, something is about to happen. On this Mission Sunday, there's an important lesson here that we can learn and that we must learn. For indeed, a lost world is before us. And while we may feel passionately driven towards the conquest of it, God by His Spirit wants to slow us down. God wants to slow us down and God wants us. This is the lesson we learn from what happened in Gilgal in Joshua 5. God wants to slow us down and God wants to deal deeply with us before we go and take nations. Missions begins with me. You need to write this down. Missions begins with me. We know by the end of the book of Joshua, 31 kings had been dispossessed, had been overthrown, and that God's people settled into the land, the promised land. But the moment they entered and went in, crossing the Jordan River on dry ground, got to Gilgal, their first stop, everything stopped, and God began to deal with his people. Holy Spirit, deal with us today. Holy Spirit, work deeply in your church today. Even those in this service who don't understand why everything has come to a sudden halt, Holy Spirit, deal 
Holy Spirit work. Understanding that missions begins with me, let's consider once again the prophet Samuel's call for Israel in 1 Samuel 11 verse 14. The prophet stands, this is some time later now, the prophet stands before the nation and he calls Israel to go back to Gilgal to renew the kingdom. To renew the kingdom. 2021 for us is a year of renewal. A year of renewal. God is calling us, Nairobi Lighthouse, back to Gilgal to be renewed. Our strength to be renewed. Our passion and our love to be renewed. Our loyalty to be renewed. Samuel issues this call. Look at me, please. Listen, Samuel issues this call due to a national misstep that is being taken. Samuel issues this call to a national because of a national misstep that is being taken, and it's being hastily, speedily taken, I might add. After decades of following God, after decades of living by his commands and his principles, the leaders of Israel find themselves in a place of conflict. They're conflicted over Samuel's old age. The leaders, the elders of Israel are conflicted over his old age and they're conflicted over Samuel's rowdy sons whom Samuel had placed in authority as judges. And so they quickly convene and they call for a meeting. And amazingly, listen to this, amazingly, in two verses of Scripture, two, 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 4 and 5, in a matter of two verses, Israel's leaders Rise up and make a decision to reject God as their king, capital K. Demanding a king, little k, like all the other nations. After all these decades, after all that God had done, after all the way God had led them, suddenly, speedily, hastily, the leaders Stand up, seeing the gray hairs of Samuel and the sons that are struggling. And they reject God as their king. We no longer want this God. We want a king like all the other nations. This expeditious decision would forever change Israel. And indeed, when you study the history from it, it changed the world. So it was in this setting that Samuel, it was in this setting 
that Samuel called the nation back to Gilgal to renew the kingdom, returning the people back to God. Today is part four, renewing a kingdom principled life, renewing a kingdom principled life. Gilgal, Gilgal holds a most important place in Israel's history because Gilgal was the place of spiritual renewal. What transpired in Gilgal? Several things took place in their history at Gilgal, serving to bring God's people into a renewed state of obedience and a renewed state of loyalty. We've looked at a couple of them today. We're going to look at verses 2 and 10 of Joshua chapter 5. At that time, the Lord told Joshua, use knives of flint to make the Israelites a circumcised people again. While the Israelites were camped at, while the Israelites were camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they celebrated Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the first month, the month that marked their exodus from Egypt. Just days after Israel crossed the Jordan and entered Gilgal, two major events took place. Just days. Here they crossed the Jordan. They're fired up. They're excited. They've seen the miraculous power of God. The nation is so set to go in and possess. Man, they've been wandering in a wilderness for 40 years. They're ready to have a house. You know what I'm saying? They're ready to have some farmland. They're ready to settle down. And as soon as they get to Gilgal, God puts pause, God stops everything, and God commands Joshua, circumcise the people. That's the first event, circumcision. And we've already considered the rite of circumcision, so let's take a moment to look at Passover, where that was the second event. The first major event was circumcision of all the males 20 years and over who were born During those years of wandering in the wilderness, God commanded Joshua to get them circumcised. Then the Passover, the Passover transpired at Gilgal, and that reminded Israel, the Passover reminded Israel of God's mighty miracles that brought them out of Egypt, freeing them from the bondage of slavery. You can read about it in Exodus chapter 12. Read the whole chapter, Exodus 12, and it tells you the whole story of Passover And in observing the Passover, the Jews were, the people, the Jews in in Gilgal were actually obeying the word of the Lord that that was given through Moses at the time of the first Passover, which was 40 years earlier. You see, all during the 40 or the 39 years of wandering in the wilderness, the nation never kept Passover. They never circumcised They're males, and they never kept Passover for 40 years. And this was the word of the Lord. This was the command that the nation received through Moses. Exodus chapter 13, verse 5. You must, you must, this is Moses talking to the children of Israel. You must celebrate this day. What day? Passover. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Hivites, Jebusites, electric lights, 
This is the land he swore to give your ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. You must, you must celebrate this day when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites. Now listen carefully to the following. You've got to get this because this is the heart of, of what I want to say to you today. And from this, it's, we're going to launch and receive another great insight on renewing a kingdom principled life. Listen to the following. And I've put it up here for you to see. When God commanded Joshua, or while God commanded Joshua to make Israel a circumcised people again, God did not. He did not command Joshua to have the nation keep the Passover. Though the command had been given many years earlier, almost over 40 years earlier, the command had been given to Moses, which he gave to the people, when you enter the land, you must keep this day. You must celebrate this day, this day of Passover. So when they finally got to Gilgal, when they crossed the Jordan on dry ground, God opened it for them. They got to Gilgal. God commanded Joshua to circumcise the men. But God did not command Joshua to command the people to keep Passover. Now that's great, greatly important. This is so significant. Why is this so significant? Because God's circumcision command... It was a call to his people to come back into relationship with him. It was the renewing of the covenant of Abraham. It was the reestablishment of the covenant of Abraham. It's what happens to us when we come to the cross. Our lives are changed. We're born again. Everything, we receive circumcision of heart. God commanded Joshua to have the people, the men, circumcised. But he did not command them to keep Passover. The Passover being celebrated in the promised land according to the word of Moses at Gilgal after 39 years was a responsible action taken by the people based on their desire to re-enter relationship with God. It came out of their heart once they had been circumcised, once they had re-entered, once they had come into that relationship with God. Now, out of the abundance of their heart, they desired now to re-establish and re-enter relationship. They took a responsible, they took responsibility to keep the Passover and listen to renew a kingdom principled life. Number three, return to a place of responsibility in your relationship with God. Return to the place of responsibility. Be responsible subjects in God's kingdom. Take responsibility. You who have been circumcised, you who have come into relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I truly believe one of the greatest needs in the church today are Christians who take their responsibility serious. One of the greatest needs in the church of Jesus Christ today are Christians, our believers, 
members of this kingdom who take serious the responsibility to live the kingdom life. It's so easy to fall into a state of deterioration when we are off and on, hit and miss. Would we take light our responsibility for our relationship with God? I said I think it's so easy to fall into a state of deterioration when we are off and on, when we are hit and miss, when we take at light our responsibility for our relationship with God. It was Leonard Ravenhill who said today's church wants to be raptured from responsibility. Today's church wants to be raptured from responsibility. Oh, listen, there's only one thing that God wants from your life and mine. There's one thing God wants from your life and mine, and that's fruit. God wants fruit. Oh, I just thought about this. Hadn't thought about this before. Thank you, Holy Ghost. What did the spies bring back from the promised land to show the nation? They brought the fruits of the land. God wants us in His kingdom to be fruitful. Fruit that will last. Fruit that will abide. John 15, verse 16. Fruit that will remain. God's kingdom is about fruitfulness. I said God's kingdom is about fruitfulness. And when we become responsible Christians, we will begin to bear more fruit. When we begin to take responsibility for our relationship, nobody else can do it for you. When we begin to take responsibility for our relationship, we will bear fruit. When John the Baptist proclaimed in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, John proclaimed, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is near. He also said in verse 8 of that same chapter, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Living in the kingdom, having a relationship with God involves bearing fruit. It involves bearing fruit. And this requires action. This requires responsibility. But it is action and responsibility that results from being close to God and knowing what He desires. It comes from an intimate, sensitive connection to God. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears fruit, much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. There are two basic actions that I am responsible for. You need to write these down. These, there are two basic actions that I'm responsible for, that we are responsible for as members of God's kingdom. Number one, repentance. Repentance. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, producing fruit in keeping with repentance. Repentance. And the second responsibility that I have as a Christian, as a believer in God's kingdom, is abiding. 
abiding. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. That means to stay connected. Let nothing disconnect you. We must be responsible, church, to repent of any area in which we are not being Christ-like. We must be quick to repent of any area which keeps us from being fruitful. Living a life of repentance simply stated, though it's not a simple process, fruitfulness is Christ-likeness. Fruitfulness is Christ-likeness. The more Christ-like I am, the more I'm fruitful, the more fruit that is seen in my life, that I may be like Him. Hallelujah. In relating with Him every day, church, be quick to repent of any area that the Holy Spirit, be quick to turn away from any area that the Holy Spirit, anything that the Holy Spirit reveals, any and everything which the Holy Spirit reveals that is not Christ-centered. Stay open to the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's go back to Gilgal. Let's go back to our, our first love and let's repent. Like this, the, the word is given to the churches of, of Revelation, let's go back and repent and do our first works again. Remember from insight, if you've taken insight, you will remember application is the foundation of fruitfulness. Be responsible to apply. Be responsible to apply. Let's go back to Gilgal, which means let's go back to that place of responsibility. God did not command the people to keep Passover. They kept it in obedience to a former command based on their desire to follow God, based on their hunger to follow God, based on their desire to know Him intimately. Finally, learn the importance of staying connected, of abiding, abiding in Jesus. Be responsible, be responsible to live the Jesus in me lifestyle. Be responsible, take responsibility. Ask God to forgive you for irresponsibility of laying aside your first works of of just not taking this responsibility serious. Ask the Holy Spirit to deal with you. Learn the importance of staying connected, of abiding in Jesus, even when everything has come to a halt, even when you don't understand why is it not happening, why aren't we progressing, why aren't we conquering, why aren't we, why... Why isn't this happening? I've been promised this. I've been walking this thing out. I've been year after year. Why? Why is everything just, nothing's happening? Stay connected to the vine. Stay intimate with Jesus. Stay focused. What we do for Christ it must flow out of being in Christ. What we do for Christ must flow out of being with Christ. Jesus called his 12 disciples, and Mark's gospel says he called them to be with him.
and then to send them. Come on, there's something about being with him. Let's go back to Gilgal and just sit at the feet of Jesus. Let's go back to Gilgal and just repent from that which has kept us. Let's go back to Gilgal and set our hearts on him once more. Though nothing seems to be happening around us, there's a reason. God has a reason for everything. Come on, church. May you and I be the mission field. May you and I, let it start with me. Come on, let it start with me. We're so propelled to, you know, after we saw this video and we met our dear, our dear chaplains who are here today. Welcome, sirs. And we saw this amazing video. That it, just, it just makes you want to, I just, I don't know about you, but I just want to empty all the accounts, all the church accounts. That's what it does to me. I want to just go by and help and bless these chaplains. And I just want to do things. You know what I'm saying? But there's a point in Gilgal when God's priority is not crushing walls and bringing fortresses down to rubble. God wants to deal deeply with His people. God wants us to be in His presence. When there's a nation before us to conquer, when there's things to be done, God wants us sitting at His feet like Mary, not active like Martha, not all caught up in activity, but just sitting at His feet, choosing, choosing, choosing the greater thing. May you and I be the mission field. And as we are, we will experience the life and the love of Christ flowing into our lives. And it results in fruitfulness. Then we will have an impact on those who are without. When it happens within, when it happens within, we will then have an impact on those without. Stand up, please. Come on, give Jesus praise today. Uh-uh, don't patty cake. Come on, let's give Jesus the hand clap of praise. <laughs> Pastor Don, I'm, uh, this message is, is for me. There's just some responsibilities I've moved away from in my relationship with God. I've just left off prayer. I've left off the reading of the Word. I've, there's just areas, there's some responsibilities. I, I just, I need to go to Gilgal. I need to go back to Gilgal and be renewed in my love, be renewed in my heart, be renewed in my passion, be renewed in my focus. I need to go Back to Gilgal. Come on, just lift your hands. God's dealing with you. You know the area God's dealing with you. Just lift your hands.
to the king, to the king. God, I need you. God, I need you. Now just begin to pray right now. I'm not going to lead you. Come on, out of your own heart like Israel. Out of your own desire. Out of your own passion. Out of your own cry. Begin to talk to God in these next few moments. Come on. Lifted hands today, Lord, we surrender. Lord, we just relinquish our excuses. We relinquish the way we justify our lack and our disconnect. God, forgive us. And Lord, to show, to demonstrate my godly sorrow, Lord, I'm going to change. I'm making a decision. Lord, this is not something you can do on my behalf. This is something I do with your help. So we just take a moment to repent. We whisper to you, even now, those things that have caused us to move away from being in you and connected to you. We've been active, but we've not been connected to you first. We've been out seeking to accomplish but without the right spirit and the right source of help flowing first to us that it might flow through us. Lord, we want to be fruitful once again. Give us just a heart to be responsible. Lord, you can work with us, but it's our choice. It's my decision. Let me choose this day who I will serve. whether it's my agenda or your agenda, whether I will pay attention to the pause and stop and humble myself and give you permission, Holy Spirit, that I will give you ear and I will hear what the Spirit is saying to the church at large, but to me personally that I might find renewed strength, that I might find renewed understanding so that I might rise up and move into all you have, but give me the ability to see what you're saying in this pause and to respond responsibly. 
to run and follow after you with a whole heart. In Jesus' name, amen.